There are many perks to opening a new smart checking account at Royal Credit Union, including no monthly fees, no minimum balance, and a $250 bonus. Getting your $250 is easy. Open your account online or at any Royal office, receive two payroll direct deposits, and you'll get $250 in your savings account. See offer details and exclusions and open your account today at rcu.org slash checking bonus. Insured by NCUA. We are pissed. And rightfully so. It's another year, another first round exit for your Minnesota Wild. So Kirsten and I have some changes that we need to see be made this offseason as we look back on how the Wild got to the golf course in April again. As always, we're created by New Voice Studios, presented by Soda Stick, brought to you by Talk North, Grain Belt, Jim Beam, Livia, and Royal Credit Union. This is season four, episode 175. Celebrate your favorite Minnesota sports teams and moments with SodaStick.com. Relive the Met Center chairs, the Metrodome push, and so much more with unique and quality garb found only at SodaStick. Don't forget to add code BARDOWNBEAUTIES at checkout for 15% off all of your purchases. At Jim Beam, they know the importance of tradition. Like chanting, let's play hockey prior to the start of each game or playing the state of hockey anthem after a wild win. This season, raise one to your fan family with the bourbon that invites us all to come as friends and leave as family. Jim Beam Bourbon Whiskey, the official bourbon whiskey partner of the Minnesota Wild and XL Energy Center. Drink smart, Jim Beam Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, 40% alcohol by volume, copyright 2021, James B. Beam Distilling Company, Incorporated, Fairmont, Kentucky. Hello, everybody. Yes, that is a much more monotone, depressing hello. Uh, but we're the Bar Down Beauties, and I'm Jesse Pierce, and she's Kristen Kroll, and we're mad, we're sad, we're bothered, all of those things as the Minnesota Wild fall in Game 6 to the Dallas Stars, not advancing to the second round. Again, uh, four straight playoff losses under Dean Ebsen in that first round. I don't count the bubble, Kirsten. I don't really, like, that was just kind of a weird year anyway. But he was outcoached in three of these playoffs. First year, Pete DeBoer against Vegas. Then last year, you go to St. Louis with Craig Ruby. And this year, again, Pete DeBoer bests him. We're going to dive into all of that. But first, let's let's have a moment, if you will. Um, I don't even want to mourn because I'm angry. You're on the sad side, right, Kirsten? I'm on mm. the mad side. So tell me the emotions that you were feeling last night and today. Let's have a little therapy session, everybody. Let's do it. So yes, I'm on the flip side. Jesse was telling me she's very, very angry. Um, I am very opposite end of the spectrum. Like it was very solemn leaving the arena last night by there was no trap. It was just the vibe in St. Paul, super weird. Leave the arena. Usually there's a flood of people. You're waiting X amount of time to get out of the parking ramp. Last night, leaving the arena, just quiet, no crowds, get to the parking ramp. I'm in and out really quick. Like, I'm not even waiting on anybody because there was no one there. And, like, everyone just kind of, like, went about their way. It was kind of, like, eerie in a way, knowing, hey, this is the last time we're going to be down here for, like, six months. Um, For me, I was very upset. Like, some tears legitimately were shed on the car ride home. And then... If you have me on social media, I was all up in my feels last night. I think part of it is, yeah, this is, it's a super disappointing loss and it shouldn't have ended this way. Um, and also on the flip side, just being part of the organization in the capacity that like, I am, you am, or you am, you are. You am, I am me as you as are. I mean. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but no, just being a part of the organization, you get kind of a different perspective than just the fans. Um, it's truly a feeling of last day of school before summer vacation, where you're saying goodbye to all your coworkers. We're not going to see you for a long time, like half a year. And, uh, truly you just become so close with so many people, the arena staff, event staff, promo team, um, just everyone around. So having to say your goodbyes and then depart, it's just really emotional all around. And then, I mean, gut punching, super disappointing. And so upset with how things ended. So. Yeah. You took the nice sweet route. I was pissed. I am still a little angry this morning. I don't pay to be there. And this isn't to like knock everybody. The amount of money that fans spend to be at a playoff game, to cheer on this team, to support them. And then to show up with that performance, if you lose, that's one thing, but it felt very disrespectful the way that that Minnesota wild team performed. I'm not even going to mince words. I think Ryan Harmon said it best post game yesterday that he was disgusted that the team did not give the fans what they deserve. The didn't give the city what they deserve. It makes me mad because I did feel like that. They opened the five minutes in game six out very well. Dallas goes down and scores a very nice goal. Mind you. I mean, uh, Rupe Hintz just absolutely dangles John Klingberg and beats Gus cleanly. And you still have a ton of hockey to play. And Minnesota was like, meh, it's over. It's done. And I'm going to be honest. I saw that quote from Ryan Hartman as well. I don't want to hear it from Ryan Hartman because I don't think Ryan Hartman was the problem. He's been hurt. He's shown up pretty much night in night out. He's been there. He's been doing his part. There's a lot of other people. I want to hear it from the Kirill Kaprizov, the Matt Boldy. I'm pointing fingers. Where the hell were you out there? What yeah. have you done through six games? You had a combined between the two of you. What was it? Four points and one goal. That is absolutely unexpected, unacceptable for two superstars on your team. I know it's not a one player game, but you, that's why you are getting paid the money. You are, you need to freaking show the F up. I'm right. when I look at it in that way, like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty peeved about it too. The yeah. penalty kill. I don't want to even hear people complain about officiating. Yes, they played a factor, but if you can't kill one effing penalty, you've got a bigger problem. If you can't score on the power play, I don't want to freaking hear about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you could in in history, a team can have a bad power play in advance. You can't have a bad power play and a bad penalty kill. It's just impossible. Uh, and I will side with Kirill slightly because he did factor in in different areas. It might not have showed up on the score sheet as much, but he was getting in those gritty areas. I mean, you had your superstar out there working. Yes, you would love him to get the scoring going, but obviously he had a tougher. I'm harsher. I have harsher words for Matt Boldy. 49 sheets. We were all excited. 49 sheets means you perform in the playoffs. Like there were some instances where he just shied away from taking a shot or shied away from getting in some of those areas. I mean, when it comes down to it, Dallas has more elite players. Dallas has more skilled players without question. And I think Minnesota did a fine job shutting down Jason Robertson for the most part, keeping him fairly quiet with the exception of on the power play, because as you mentioned, Kirsten, the PK sucks and that's putting it nicely. Um, but then they also, I mean, where were you shutting down Tyler Sagan? Where were you shutting down Jamie Ben? Where were you shutting down Rupe Hintz? You know, Rupe Hintz can move the puck. Wyatt Johnson. I mean, 
up and down the line, Dallas truly showed the depth that they have and the way that guys can step up. Remind you, Dallas did all of this without their true and tried leader, Joe Pavelski. They didn't even put Joe Pavelski back in on game six because I do think he could have been ready to go. I love that they're playing uh, cautious because it is a head injury and you want to make sure things are good. And Pavelski's dealt with this before. But it was also one of those situations where before the game, when we were trying to figure out lines, it was like, why mess a good thing up? Why put him back in there? You don't need him. Yes, Jewel Erickson Eck played a factor in not being there, but you still need guys to show up. You still need the defense to play their part. You still need that fourth line to chip in a goal or two. You need Matt Boldy, Marcus Johansson, Matt Zuccarello, who had maybe one good game this entire series, um, just in general. And again, beyond the lack of production for me, it just felt very deflating. It felt like they didn't care. And it really extra irked me when Dean post game was like, I thought we played hard. I thought we played good. Like who did? No, you didn't. What? No, you didn't. Like no one looked like they wanted to be out there. I'm sick and tired of the it's okay. Here's our no participation trophies. There are no participation trophies. Like you're done. Like I, I jokingly tweeted, but I meant it. Like, should we let them know this is an elimination game? Like we're, we're just fine. Like, we're done with the narrative of that. It's good enough to make it to the playoffs. I am done with that. Again, I don't think this team was ever on the course for a deep run. They absolutely could have beaten Dallas. There was no reason they couldn't. There were that game four where they lost. They were the better team five on five, especially. Um, and those losses you can take. I cannot take a loss like the one that you saw in game five or the one that you saw in game six, because it just was a lack of effort, a lack of caring. And again, frankly, I don't think the fans deserve that beyond anybody deserving that. Right. And, and it sucks because now you look at the future where yes, it gets tougher down the stretch with the capper saints, but beyond that you're wasting Kirill's best years and Kirill sure as hell isn't going to come back. I'm sorry. I'm just going to put that out there. You need to do something drastically different to make him happy because he is certainly putting his effort in doing his part as best as he can, but he has nobody around him to help him. And it looked like Matt Boldy could have been that person. And now I don't want to like, oh, Boldy's trash, blah, blah, blah. But it's a question mark, right? Like we were hard on Kevin Fiala for disappearing acts in the playoffs. Matt Boldy kind of did the same thing. Playoffs are a different animal. I understand and respect that. They are completely different. And it is hard to adjust and get things going there. But for God's sakes, like it just, I, I'm pissed off. I'm not even sad. I'm mad because again, I'm broken on dead in the inside from being a Minnesota sports fan. I read a stat, Kirsten. So the twins won in 1991. Were you even born in 1991? Nope. Jesus. All right. So you I don't even like Kirby Puckett era. Before I even came into any form of existence. Kirby Puckett shows up for the twins like the superstar he is. They win the World Series in 91. Since then, this is from Opta Stats. Since then, Twin Cities teams have fa- have made the playoffs 50 times in the MLB, NBA, NFL, and the NHL. So those four major men's sports, they have made the playoffs 50 times combined. And they have failed to reach the championship round every time. Worse than that, though, no other metro area in those four major sports history has had even 30 straight playoff trips without making the finals. So that's just ridiculous. Uh, the Vikings have made the playoffs 16 times, the Wild 13 straight times, Wolves 11-9 for the Twins and one for the North Star. It's just I it's depressing. It's sad. Like we joke about it, but the team felt as passive as we are here in Minnesota. Like I'm just, I have a lot of anger. Yeah. Um, I find it very shocking that we are not as big of a mainstream joke as we should be. Like we joke about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like 
hello everybody we are the toronto maple leaves except we don't have any stanley cups under our belt like we haven't advanced past the first round either we've blown three one series leads like we're what are we doing um but no the mediocrity at this point like yeah i'm fed up with it as well like it's truly making the playoffs like you said jesse it's not good enough and it's basically at this point, it's like, do we want to start hanging participation banners for just making the postseason for just showing up? Because at this rate, that's what it does feel like. It's like, everyone's like, yeah, we're in the postseason." And then it's like, well, at least we made it as far as we did. Like we exceeded expectations. And it's like, sure. Like we made it farther and did better throughout this season than we probably should have as a whole, more than a lot of people thought we would. But regardless, I don't care. Look at what Seattle has been doing this season. Second year in existence. And we talk about skilled players. You're matching up against elite players on that Colorado Avalanche team. I don't care how many skilled players you're facing off against. If you are there, you got there for a reason. You've got a team of people willing to grind, such as that Seattle Kraken team. They tied in the series. They had the lead in that series. Currently going to a game seven. They have a chance to knock off the defending Stanley cup champions in the first round. So what the hell is our excuse? We don't have one. And I'm, I'm tired of it. Like if we want to be happy about going to the first round, like start printing the banners and hanging them up. That'll be the only thing we ever have at the XL energy center. I mean, half the teams in the NHL make the playoffs. It's not even that big of a freaking accomplishment anymore. It's like, it's not that hard to make it into the playoffs, even if you want to tell yourself it is, it's really, really not because there are always going to be your Arizona's your bottom teams half of the teams make the playoffs it's fine like it's just it's so it's so frustrating to watch this year after year and like yeah it it has become a joke a little bit right but it's also because we just it's expected and I'm so done with expecting the first round loss like I think that's what made me mad too like I I had a, a moment of hope and I'm like this is dumb I talked about it in last week's episode or in our recent episode right like I was mad at myself for feeling positive about the potential outcome because I know that this is what's going to happen every year. And again, last year, I think it just, it finally broke me. And I did, it's because I did not appreciate the way that they performed on behalf of the fans. I was just very mad. Like there's losing a game and there's giving up in a game. And to me, it was a giving up factor for your Minnesota wild. A lot of the fans Uh, left early in that third period. They were like, we're, we're done. So many empty seats. And like, even we talk about the energy in game three, first game on home ice. I truly don't remember a game I had been at for the wild home game that had that kind of electric atmosphere. Like it was incredible. It was so loud, consistent throughout the whole night. And then you come to that Sunday game, Mm -hmm. very meh. And then even Friday night, that energy, we had it with that Freddie Gaudreau goal we had it there for maybe like three minutes and then again, completely dropped off like it was for the majority of the night. And I expected more from that Friday night crowd too, but I just, I guess you're feeding off the energy on the ice and there wasn't any. Yeah. And I mean, again, a credit to Jake Ottinger and the Dallas stars, right. And a credit to Pete DeBoer who figured his shit out. Something that Dean Epson didn't did. I like Dean just fine. Heads have got to roll. Like at this point, it's just something needs to change within your coaching staff. Uh, you've got Bob Woods who's dealing with special teams, Brett McLean who deals with special teams, Darby's in there on the face-off stuff. Like none of that was really working. Um, and then you have Dean overseeing it all. Bill Guerin gave Dean these pieces in two straight years, right? Last year it was different pieces, what he could do. This year, again, pieces in place with what he could. Bill Guerin wove some magic to get him guys to play that they wanted this year 
they prepared a team to be playoff contenders. They prepared a team to get through the playoffs with that grit first mentality. Now I'm in the impression that that's not going to win you a Stanley cup. Again, it might get you through the first round, but physical play mostly just beats up the other team, whether you win that series or not. So, I mean, it's, I'm kind of up and down on, on that factor of it, but from Garen's standpoint, it's gotta be beyond frustrating. Like I keep giving you what I can and trying to make this team better. And you can't do what you, what you need to with it. If I'm Garen, I'm pissed. Look at what he did on the trade deadline and Honestly, it was very impressive what he was able to do with what he had and then just how those players, such as Nyquist, for example, performed. And I was expecting more as far to like even shaking up the lines for game six. And they're really like, it it just fell flat. It was like, okay, like we kind of hyped it up that we were going to change up a lot and nothing was changed. Biggest thing, putting flurry in net for that third period. Like, I don't know if I'm Garrett, I'm pissed. Yeah. Well, let's take a quick break. Do we feel... I still, I'm still heated, right? I'm still like a little hot under the collar. That's not the right I, You made me fired up. I guess right. I like had underlying anger. Apparently you did. You turned a corner real quick. Sadness. <laughs> you turned a corner real quick. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about what this looks like for the off season. There are a number of unrestricted free agents up. There are some restricted free agents that they have to look at. Again, recognizing the little bit of money that they have, but I kind of want to see what we think. We are recording this on a Saturday at 11 for an immediate release because things could change drastically. I imagine it's going to be a very busy off season, Um, but let's take a break. We'll be right back. You guys, the NHL playoffs are crazy. And so is my schedule. I've got late nights at the XL energy center surrounded by pizza and mini donuts It can make a girl go a smidge hungry, but that's why I am so grateful for my team of experts at Livia who are keeping me on track and supporting my goals in my weight loss journey. To date, you guys, I have lost nearly 20 pounds in just four and a half weeks by creating a food schedule with plenty of different options to have me fueled for those long playoff games ahead. I could not be more thrilled to be on this journey than I am with Livia. Plus, if you join right now, you'll get three months absolutely free. Do not wait for the buzzer to sound on this deal. Call Livia today at 8555-GO-LIVIA. That's 1-855-465-4832. Let them know Jesse Pierce and the Bar Down Beauty sent you. And can't wait to hear all about your weight loss journey with Livia. We're back, you guys. Still heated. I lied. We didn't really cool off from that first segment. But Kirsten, you asked me a good question. Like, do I really think Dean is going to get fired? Yes, I do. I'll just point blank say it. Again, I like Dean. A, going back to what I said in the first segment, heads need to roll for sure. But I think it's the way that Dean mismanaged and failed to change anything again like I'm so sick of seeing the same lineups I was actually slightly excited when I saw ahead of game six and we thought maybe Matt Zuccarello would not be playing why because that would force Dean's hand to do something different and he still very barely did it like it's not working man it's not working um and again you look at that playoff record that's not a good playoff record I like Dean I just don't think he's the type of coach that is going to get what he needs to out of some of these guys. I think sometimes it is too much fun. Sometimes it is too laid back or letting them take control. Like they should be pissed. They should be mad. Like everybody should feel like Ryan Hartman felt right. I I don't need the, 
oh, we played well, we played hard BS. This is professional no. sports. This is millions of dollars. This is I need some Rick I bonus energy. I was bonus just energy. gonna say that's right? literally like, what I need. Bones nailed it when he was speaking about the Winnipeg Jets. For those of you that missed it, when the Jets were eliminated by Vegas, very embarrassingly, and I think they made it to five games, right? They won one game. Um, but uh Vegas moved on to the second round, Winnipeg dropped. And Winnipeg, if you guys remember was number one for like the first half of the season. Rick Bonus came in there, stripped Blake Wheeler of the sea and kind of changed things. And Bones has always been a very players coach. Guys like him, guys want to play for him. And he gets that out of his players, especially going from Paul Maurice in Winnipeg to Rick Bonus. It, it was tremendous. Well, after the elimination, Bones just basically said, I'm not happy with anybody. They all suck. Like, I mean, disgusted. He, laid it out. he was I disgusted. am disgusted and yes. I am embarrassed. Love that energy. Also love coming in, stripping a C from a captain. Like that's the energy the wild need. Hold players accountable. Some people are pissed about it. Some of the players even pissed about it in Winnipeg. I don't care. I would throw people under the bus too. You're publicly showing it. It's not like it's a secret. Like. Yeah. I love fired up Kirsten. It's just, Oh so God. Great. It keeps just like creeping out of me. <laughs> this is like my own personal vent line. So then you're just avoiding people in the press box when you see them because of the shit talking that we've had. Um, yeah, I've had a a couple looks. I don't know if they listened to the podcast or somebody informed them. Um, but I mean, what can you do? It's not like it's wrong. Am I going to look at me and tell me that I'm wrong? No, I had the same awkward interaction with certain defensemen in the press box after talking shit. So my bad. Uh, anyway, (laughs) My kid shared his uh, gummies with him at practice the other day. We're all good. We're all friends. Gummies by candy, by the way, for those that maybe are 420 heads, whatever. Um, no. So do you think Dean gets fired? Would you ask Dean based on what you've seen this year, based on what you've seen in your previous two years? Um, well, Coach Kirsten is coming out or general manager. Kirsten. General manager. I'm getting rid of everybody. Like genuinely, like I'm getting rid of everybody. We're starting fresh. Our playoff record, you mentioned it, Jesse. It's not good. It's like we're making like small adjustments every few years, like getting a new head coach. But especially when you look at our special teams, are you going to look at this season, this postseason, and our special teams coaches and be like, you deserve to keep your job? At what point were we maybe considering like, let's throw Kaylin Addison back in the lineup, especially on special teams, that offensive defenseman, we could have used it. And you're going to look at me and tell me, nope, not good on defense. Who else besides Brock Faber, Jonas Brodeen and Spurgeon were really, especially Brock Faber, playing fantastic, just easing into the lineup. Who else was showing up on defense? But you're not even going to give Kaylin Addison another look and coming in because we could have, at least he brings something. We could have had him on the power play could have changed things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I like it. No, I will say I'm going to be nice and positive. Brock Faber is going to be a very good defenseman in the National Hockey League for a very long time. I am so beyond impressed with the way that he seamlessly transitioned onto the biggest stage of all things after a heartbreaking loss. Just more heartbreak for the poor kid, but uh, I'm super excited to see him continue to develop. Speaking of development, since we're talking about like a look ahead for the Minnesota Wild. How concerned are we that Marco Rossi still hasn't been deemed ready for the NHL? Again, yes, there are always going to be busts in the first round. And I'm not calling Marco Rossi, Rossi, Marco Rossi a bust. Let me be very clear about that. I am not saying he is a bust. However, at this, he should be ready to be in the NHL at this point in his development. You would think based on 
the timeline. Yes, I understand he's had some health scares in the past, but where is your concern level, Kirsten, that Marco, even in the little brief stints that we saw him this year, it just doesn't seem that management thinks he's ready. And will he really ever be ready to come in and take that that uh, that spot over at center? Well, my initial reaction is I think that's why also after the Iowa Wild season ended, they fired Tim Army. They fired the coaching staff because I don't think management for the Wild are happy necessarily with how player development has been going down there. That's my initial reaction from that changeup. Um, I'm not ready to give up on Marco Rossi, Rossi. Um, but even all season, I was like, I don't want to see him get called back up and thrown into the fire just yet. I want to give him the full year down in Iowa. I mean, we only saw him like called up maybe once or twice once for sure. So it's not like it was dramatic by any means, but I just think he needed more time. And I don't know, I'm not ready to give up on him quite yet, but I think there's been other factors going on just as far as the Iowa wild as a whole down there. I mean, yes and no. It was kind of surprising to see, as you'd mentioned, Kirsten, that whole coaching staff get knocked out of there. But because, and again, that's where I think that Dean probably doesn't come back is because Bill did it simply because they didn't perform well in the playoffs, right? Like it was the same exact scenario. Um, yeah, like I again, I know earlier this year I had said I would package Marco in a trade deal because I still would. Like I think if you can get something of value, why not? Like especially if you don't foresee him filling the big role. I mean, he's a number nine overall pick for your Minnesota wild. And yes, that happens in the first round that not everybody's going to be the superstar, but he should be, and he should be ready by this point. So I think you'll see him probably make the roster out of camp. And then that will be very telling. We'll see what happens there because that's the other thing with your cap restraint. You need these young guys to be ready, Mm -hmm. whether they are or not, but you also need to give them those better opportunities. And I think that's where, again, there was some mismanagement with him on Dean's behalf, possibly on Bill Guerin's. I still sometimes don't know who's pulling the strings for a lot of these decisions. Once in a while, I feel like Bill makes Dean his puppet. I could be wrong. A couple other guys that we have to talk about uh, unrestricted free agents. We've got John Klingberg, who is a new acquisition, Matt Dumba, obviously the one that everybody has been talking about, Gustav Nyquist, a recent acquisition, Oscar Sundquist, another recent acquisition, Ryan Reeves, another one, Marcus Johansson, another one. And then you also have uh, Sam Steele. I forgot about him. He is an unrestricted free agent. And then you have restricted free agents with Kalen Addison, Philip Gustafson, and Brandon Duhame, as well as Mason Shaw, too, which I believe... Uh, they are bringing Mason Shaw back in I, some capacity. I could cry. Just, like I get emotional yes. thinking about that. He deserves it. And I'm yes. very, very excited for him to make his recovery and come back. And I now, think everyone in agreement on that. Right. Now, obviously, UFAs take precedent over RFAs. But in this case, I don't know that they do. Of the list of players that I had mentioned, Klingberg, Gumba, Nyquist, Sunquist, Reeves, Johansson, Addison, Steele, Gustafson, and Duhame, where's your priority at? We need to do everything we can to keep Johansson and Nyquist. We need okay. to figure that out. Reeves, I and I'm just going strictly off of external vibes from interviews that I've seen. Loves Minnesota. He even, and I'm going to butcher his quote, but he's like, he thinks he's found his home here, something he's been looking for for the last few years. So I could see him maybe taking a little bit more of a team-friendly deal need be to stay in Minnesota. He seems really happy here. Um So I don't think getting Reeves back is going to be much of an issue. I think Nyquist and Johansson might be a little bit harder. Um, I'm Sam Steele. I've been really impressed with him and the role he's played 
dealing with the card he had been dealt this season coming in and out of the lineup. I would like to see him back. And that's a very big change of pace than if you would have asked me months ago. Um, and I think that would be doable as well. Those right off the bat are probably my top ones as far as unrestricted free agents go. Uh, if I were to mix it. So I guess I didn't make that clear. Like out of all of them, I would go Gustafson. I know we deal with unrestricted, but I feel like re-signing him because I don't know that Jesper is necessarily ready. Why not give Jesper one more yeah. year to just get prepared? See what Mark, I mean, Mark Andre Fleury was very transparent in the post game yesterday saying he's maybe got one more year in him. And, and that would obviously be here in Minnesota, which is nice pending any big changes, but he is signed through next year for the wild. So I would say get Gus back in, if anything, to do it before he can like have freedom of where he goes, which sounds terrible. It sounds like we're trapping him, but you have more control then too. So I would say he is my number one priority. He's still really cheap too, which is yeah. works well. Um, and he's you got know, the I, Swedes on his side or we all in Minnesota have the Swedes yes. on our side, knowing just kind of the group and the friendship they all have. I think that probably would, if I had to guess, you have a com sense of community here with people from where you're from to make it feel more like home. I'm sure that would probably factor in the decision as well to make him want to stay. Yes. And as for the UFAs, I think Ryan Reeves is very likely um, and I agree. I would like to see Johansson. Nyquist would be great too. I think he's too expensive for the wild yeah. to afford. So I think, you know, Klingberg, Dumba, Nyquist for sure out. Sunquist, I think had a cap hit of, let me look, 2.75 mil. So he's also a little pricey. Reeves is only 1.75 and Marcus Johansson 1.1. So they're at least affordable, even if it's just for a year, you're getting to that end of this buyout however it's the very expensive part of that end and again you've already got seven mil a year locked up in Matt Boldy among many other players who have some things so yeah I mean Sam Steele won't come back they'll probably try to part ways with Addison you Klinger Dumba Nyquist probably won't be back Brandon Duhame intrigues me I wouldn't mind having him I think he's shown a lot this year. I mean, he's, he's mm -hmm. a perfect fourth line guy and I like what he does. And again, at a very affordable price, I'd probably keep him around too and, and work on something, some sort of extension there. Yeah. I think that would be pretty doable as well. Do you think there are any other big movements that the wild could make this off season? Like we talked about coaching. Do you think, and this is going to be a hot, hot take, but I'm excited. What's the hot take? Do they strip Jared Spurgeon of the sea? Do they go Ooh. full bones on it and just say, you know what? Nope, this isn't working again. Well, I love Jared, love Jared Spurgeon as a person. I think he is a fantastic defenseman and he has been a good leader. And I know the knock on him has always been that he's very quiet, which is very true regardless, right? Like he's so good at bringing the groups together, which is so fantastic and so important mm -hmm. when you have such a room of different ages and different lifestyles. Shout out to his wife, his I wife, his mostly, wife yes. behind the scenes, also huge, huge contributor, bringing people together. So yes. those two together, they I mean, they've been fantastic. But I think the only person that would strip him of the sea is Bill Guerin. Everson right? not going to do it if he's still around. Guerin's the, the only one I that's going to have the guts to do it. The reason I say it, I mean, is he getting the team up enough? Is he doing his part as a captain? Like. Dean talked numerous times throughout the season on how the players took charge and how the players did this and that. 
did Jared do his job there? I don't know. That's hard for me to say because I'm not in the locker room like you are. Um, I think that's also why you gave Marcus Felino the A on his sweater because that's what he does. He's that very outspoken player. He's the one that will back up everything on the ice. He'll get in guys' faces. He'll be the enforcer out there, um, really get the team going. I don't know. I think that's why you have a group of leaders. Jared Spurgeon, yes, while quiet. I don't know. I still think he brings a lot to the table, so I don't know if I would be willing to strip him of the sea, but it brings up a very interesting conversation. It's definitely an interesting conversation. I think it's a conversation that should at least be brought up amongst everything. If we're talking about wholesale changes that need to happen in order to make this team a successful contending team, you have to look at every single area of problems and not to say that leadership was a problem per se, because again, between Felino, Dumba and Spurgeon, those guys are so well-respected in that room and rightfully so. But is it the right voice that you need for the wild to move on and advance and do this and that? I don't, I don't know. And yeah. And being in the locker room again, like I, you can, Jared wears the C well without question. And and I really like Jared. So please, Jared, don't get mad at me. Cause we have, we have a, we have a good bond, but I just, I, who else are you going to give it to people? Well, that's that's like, I don't know. I'm not giving it to Kaprizov. I don't, I don't care if you're a superstar or not. I'm not giving it to you. Maybe he would talk to us more if he had the C. Probably not. <laughs> he would have to. Ask Ryan Suter. He had to talk to us all the time when we made him. I uh, Fun fact, before we wrap this episode up, because again, we don't want to go too long because things are going to change very quickly. Uh, and that's just where we're at at this part of the season. Before we go, I want to relay a hilarious encounter I had with Ryan Suter last night because I am who I am. I love making people laugh. I love just kind of being me. I made Tyler Sagan laugh last night. Just... He was pretty funny. I know. I like to throw that one in there for you. Jake Ottinger, I made giggle. Um, But I, uh, (laughs) because he seems like such a little boy, he does giggle. Like (laughs) Anyway, Suits is up at the podium with uh, Jamie Ben for their post game. And I get the mic first because obviously I get the mic first. And I said, uh, Ryan, should we, should we boo you to make you feel more at home here in the room? And (laughs) he had a good chuckle. He goes, ah, Jess. And then afterward, he caught up with me and he's like, yeah, thanks for turning everybody against me. I'm like, I personally was not super against. I mean, we loved Ryan Suter when he was here. I hate that whole change. Like he was obviously doing that here, too. So that's my little Jesse's cool name drop story. You want to talk about a punchable face. Ryan Suter has it respectfully. He was real smiley last night. So it's I bet he was side of Ryan Suter than I was in years covered. Well, Kirsten, final parting words as we begin to dip our toes into the off-season waters. Again, more things will be coming out. We will have breakdown day that I'm sure we will discuss. Probably talk when they make some changes, when they do move on. Again, the off-season is very lightly called an off-season because you've got things going on. So we will still be here for you. But Kirsten, parting words for today's episode. It's going to be a lot of breaking news. I have a feeling, especially after talking to Jesse, um, love to stir the pot, but now it's the kind of anxiety of what's going to happen. When's it going to happen? So we'll be around. We'll be here. Um, I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> I I turned some heads there because I'm ominous, but no, I'm, I'm here. Um, I don't know. I found out this morning I'm more angry than I thought I was. I'm glad we could. But thank you for bringing that up. Jesse brings the anger out in me. 
Sometimes you got to get pissed. Sometimes it feels good. You'll learn this as you get older. Like, I don't give an F about any. I'm mad now. I'm not really. I'm over the sad girl summer. I'm into like the angry girl summer. You've heard of hot girl summer, but have you heard of sad girl Stanley Cup playoffs? That was good. That was was me last night. That was smart. I liked that. Uh, Yeah, you know, absolutely. Right after this drops and releases, something's going to change. And I will be rushing down to the X for a press conference. Who knows? Uh, But that's what we're here for. We're doing the best we can. Again, we seriously appreciate every single one of you. Everybody that came up said hi at our live shows, courtesy of our friends at Greenbelt, said hi at the X when you guys bumped into us. You guys are awesome. Absolutely love it. We love bringing you content. We're so grateful that you guys enjoy consuming said content. Again, we're not going anywhere. We will be here all off season, uh, still releasing weekly episodes. We will release a couple more as news breaks, different reactions, yada, yada. Follow us on our social media channels where we're always active, doing crazy stuff, getting addicted and you know to smelling salts. What's that? You know what else? This podcast is made possible due to listeners like you. So thank you. For those of you that haven't heard Kirsten say that the past like three episodes at the very tail end, you need to listen to our full episodes more often, but that's her thing. I like it. It's my thing now. It's my thing. You got to have a thing. You got to have a thing. Uh, No, again, thank you guys so much. We appreciate you. Shout out to producer Fred. Um, We haven't fired him officially for a while, but yeah, he's obviously been fired every episode, but he still creates these for us. So that's awesome. Uh, Shout out to Talk North featuring us on their network. Grain Vault, as we'd mentioned, those live shows. We will be trying to put one more together as a closeout. I'm going to start coughing again. Hold on. Jesse is dying. You guys were awesome this whole season. Great, great at live shows. Like Jesse said, every time you guys would come up at games, like it truly, like it's so fun getting to meet more of you, but like, especially to like the words of encouragement, the nice things shared, getting to know more about you guys. Like it means so much more than, you know, especially getting to interact with you all. That's, I mean, that's the fun part, building this sense of community. So super, super grateful for that. And in my sad girl hours last night in the we, the dawn of the morning, (laughs) late night hours that's what I was thinking of as I was eating Taco Bell and drinking wine just feeling everything proud of you I wish it's a lie I had a little bit of Taco Bell but you know what the great thing about my program with Livia it allows me to have a small little cheat and get right back on track I am drinking my Livia shake today getting back in the saddle. I just needed a little T-Bell. You know, we just needed to mend that relationship as well. Um, Great teamwork. Thank you for picking up. It's probably going to happen again. This cough will not go away, you guys. It's absolutely crushing me. Uh, But again, with Livia, be sure you sign up. Drop my name and the Bar Down Beauties podcast. I truly do love you guys. I'm not even just saying that. Nobody likes diets. Everybody loves losing weight, myself included. Have dropped nearly 20 pounds in a month, which is so great. That will be Hot Girl Summer. There will be Hot Girl Summer, thanks to Livia. So shout out to them. And to Jim Beam, cheers to you. And Royal Credit Union, less fee, more free. You guys rock. Subscribe, like, rate, share, all of that good stuff. We'll see you soon. And boo wild. This podcast is made possible due to listeners like you. Thank you.